What's up, bikers? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Bar Podcast live stream. Nailed the intro. <laughs> I actually had to go back and watch one of my other episodes where I said what I was going to do for the intro so I could remember what it was. That's pretty pathetic, but that's the way it is in this weird ass head of mine. Anyways, episode 103. Today, we're going to have Jay Wood from the Bike Sum channel on. But before we get started, let's go ahead and here for your advertising entertainment is Robert from the Biker Channel. Hey, if you guys don't know, I have a POV channel or a regular YouTube review-ish channel, whatever you want to call it, a vloggy kind of channel instead of this podcast. A lot of people have found this podcast but aren't aware of my other channel. So if you get a chance, swing by B1KER, just check it out on YouTube, Biker, and um, give me a follow over there. So. The other thing that I'd like to say is if you have Instagram or Facebook and you're um, interested in getting some extra content for free, swing by there. Give me a follow there as well at Biker B1. It's um, I, I, I built a TikTok the other day. I'm like, I think I'm going to maybe start trying to put some kind of content up there. So we'll see. You can check out Biker B1 on TikTok. Zero posts. But <laughs> in the meantime, definitely, definitely swing by my Facebook or my Instagram. You can follow them both if you want to see the same thing twice, but that's totally up to you. Those of you that really want to help me out, I would really appreciate you swinging by my Patreon, maybe throwing a dollar at me or $5 at me, put some money in the beer fridge, however you want to do it. If you want to go to the Biker website, pick up a shirt, that helps too. Or you can just subscribe to this channel or um, write a review on the podcast. That would be rad. I just went by the Apple podcast the other day and read some of the recent reviews. Those of you guys that wrote them, appreciate that. Thank you very much. Those of you guys that didn't, I'm still waiting. Just come on. We need more reviews. Get more reviews and then I get more downloads and then I can stop bugging you guys about Patreon because I'm just going to be rolling in the money like Joe Rogan style. So um, I only need like 100 thousand more subscribers at least probably on both my channels so anyways <laughs> enough of all of that let's go ahead and bring jay on get him up here what's up jay how's it going what's up everybody <laughs> so um dude we just went to to um sedona that was your first time yeah what would you think was, that was unreal so um what like how, how many days were you there I, I can't remember so we went up and we were there thursday at south mountain uh -huh. and then we oh, so you watched me roll down the hill that was that was good <laughs> yeah so that was our pre-game that was our warm-up and then um, we went into the festival friday saturday sunday uh-huh what did you think so that was your first time in south mountain then too huh yeah that was my first time ever riding a bike in arizona basically the first time I ever rode in the desert was in South Mountain as well. And it really blew me away, like, how pretty it is out there. Like, in my mind, I would have never thought, like, I would say the desert is pretty. No, I mean, you have, like, amazing views of the whole city of Phoenix. And um, you get, you know, just a little bit of elevation. And you're overlooking 360 views of just um, the whole uh, area. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And they um, they definitely like technical climbing there. Yeah, it's like Rockville times Godzilla. Yeah. yeah, times Godzilla, right? Yeah, it's definitely um it's definitely interesting because I like when I first went down there, I remember thinking like I'm 
I'm a big 27.5 guy. And uh, I remember everybody down there was riding, riding 29ers and pivots, you know. And I remember thinking, yeah, this is why. Because, like, to have that extra rollover there, like, really, really helps. Yeah, it makes all that big stuff seem just a little bit more manageable. A little easier yeah, for to, sure. to kind of navigate because you're not having to stop into every single feature. You can get over them a little bit better. But yeah, it's yeah. still debatable, I'm sure. So yeah. I felt like whenever the first time I was in South Mountain, I don't know why, like every corner I came around, I was just expecting to see some like Indian chief with like a full headdress up on top of some rock, you know, like <laughs> you know, it's spiritual out there. People take it serious and they have beautiful art to show for. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was kind of yeah. hoping I'd get into one of those vortexes too and and just kind of feel the uh, the essence of the place too. <laughs> yeah i was definitely in some kind of vortex when i was coming down the waterfall i think i forgot how to ride bike and just decided to uh i was in the gravity vortex of just bouncing my soul off the ground dude i mean i'll tell you i was so scared for you when i saw that and just to see you do that and then come out okay was just the best part of the, the yeah. deal because that could end it a lot worse yeah definitely could have definitely could have i know that they like I remember when I first went up there, they had told me, you know, oh man, guys break their ankles and their wrists and stuff up here all the time. Yeah, I, it's uh, way bigger in person too. Like you charge up just to the beginning of it when you start to climb and you see how much like larger the steps are in person. They really put it to uh, scale. Yeah. Like it's, it's really hard to tell online. I mean, so. It's funny, man, even being a creator and knowing like GoPro effect firsthand when you're, you know, you're still surprised when you go out and you see stuff in person you know yeah it blew me away it was pretty phenomenal those guys that can climb that are beyond me it's amazing yeah jeff jeff lanoski um climbed up that line that's off to the left if you're standing on the bottom <laughs> just any line up that wow yeah yeah Dude. it's just crazy yeah. i've seen him climb a few things that just kind of blew my mind and i've watched some stuff online and you're like oh it doesn't look that bad and i'm like just thinking to myself no yeah, it's got to be like horrible takes, in person, yeah. you know, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, unfortunately, I, I think it's kind of my fault that we cut that ride in, in South Mountain short. So hopefully, uh, are you planning on going back to Sedona in March? Um, that's a good question. Um, I have to see, you know, exactly what's going to happen in the next couple months. If yeah. I have time for it, um, I'd love to go if it's just something I can't resist and there's going to be. A good showing i'm gonna try to make it back yeah yeah after the first time i went to the sedona mountain bike festival i was like i'm doing this every year like, yeah it's just yeah. so so fun and it's hard to really like capture in words why it's so fun you know yeah i mean you can paint pictures you can show people video but i mean it's just like when you go there for the first time for me at least it was like you're walking through a cathedral and yeah. I mean, it's just so massive around you. You don't really see um, like the scale until you see, oh, this is a tiny little village, like a tiny town kind of feel and then just rocks like everywhere. So yeah, it's um, it's just hard to explain, really. You have to see it. Yeah. I always tell everybody just any direction you turn your head, it looks like a postcard. Yeah, seriously. 360 views for Yeah. Like it doesn't matter where you're at. You're like in the McDonald's parking lot, like oh, <laughs> postcard. You know, like it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So uh yeah, it shocks me. Yeah, I, I I it's um it's definitely it's definitely something else. And it's so different there 
from just the you know the whatever two hour drive from phoenix like completely completely yeah i mean i'd say like even just like 30 minutes as you're leaving the place like it's like the whole place just morphs back into a desert yeah and it's weird if you go out the other way like if you were driving home and you went up through flagstaff oh yeah you go like 30 minutes up the hill yeah and it's like you're in tahoe on a sudden no way that's so yeah weird. it's like really weird <laughs> man yeah i gotta get back and explore so much more it's it's a trip yeah 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 it's definitely um definitely a lot, a lot of fun i think the reason like let's let's brainstorm on why the the fest is fun i think first of all it's small enough that you like don't get overwhelmed i think that's part of it right the, the festival is small enough and then yeah. the actual place is just mind-blowing so yeah it's like you yeah, like, have your little home base and people and it's not massive like how Seattle is just like you're, you're lost in a crowd um, yeah it's you know where everything is it's, it's super easy to find people and then once you go out into the trails um just you're in the desert you're on another part of the planet really so yeah 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 because whereas like, cause I like, feel like sea otter that... too yeah sorry, yeah i mean ahead. sea otter is so big i just feel like you know like a little fish in a big sea and you're like you're calling your buddy who's standing like 50 yards away from you and you can't yeah. find each other you, you know what i mean yeah where yeah, like it's not Sedona... near as like it's not near as loud it, it seems like you can talk to people have conversations better and it's not yeah. just like a, a huge rock concert going on. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, then, yeah. Then it has the the element of like you have events and like things people can show up to these you know long jumps or to the uh, film festival, which is really cool and very uh, intimate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't done that film festival thing yet. I, I've heard a couple of people going. You went to that this year too, huh? Yeah, I went there. It was um, it was just cool to see like all the different create creative sides and stories that people had to share on the beta uh mtb page yeah I, they had one on downeyville too didn't they somebody they did me. they had a really cool um I, I forget the filmmakers but they had a good little uh downeyville video you have to check it out right on i'm not sure where you look it up but yeah right maybe on beta right isn't that there don't isn't that like a website it's like a new magazine it is, yeah. like online magazine thing or something like that right exactly yeah. Are they affiliated with Pink Bike? Is that what the deal is? Um, I know they're probably friends. I don't know if they're affiliated or not. Because they seem like they were in the same tent as the Trail Forks guys, and Trail Forks is like affiliated with Pink Bike too. Yeah, they seem very close. I, I couldn't couldn't be sure. We're just we'll just tell everybody, hey man, they're totally affiliated, dude. So <laughs> yeah. Happened on the internet. Some dude on YouTube said it, so it must be true. <laughs> So, uh, so you just dropped a new video, uh, on, on your, your page, yeah. on your channel. Yeah. You know, and I, um, I went through everything and I decided that that was the first one I just wanted to put up and it was, uh, the white line. Uh -huh. uh, I didn't really think anything of it actually, uh, coming to the festival. I knew it existed, but, and it wasn't until we were on hogs or going to hogs, uh, we were on broken arrow trail that they said, oh, let's check out the white line. So naturally, I didn't even want to think about it. I just went right up to it, took a look and um, saw if I could even, you know, ride the thing at first and then just made my way out and the rest is on the video. So, I mean, you can kind of see how we handled it, but um, it was wild. I'm going to have to watch the video. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but uh, I went out to the white line for the first time 
as well this last year or this last event and uh okay i've never been there i'm like super afraid of heights like ridiculously afraid of heights so like there's a you can just with that statement alone you can understand why like i didn't really have any interest in it right totally you're, you're protecting yourself yeah and but i wanted to see it in person you know what i mean like to really because i watched everybody's video everybody that's done a white line video you know out of our friend group of creators yeah um, i've watched and i'm like stomachs turning upside down i'm like totally think they're gonna die even though i know they edited the video you know what i mean like i'm just like it, it is just a roller coaster of emotions to watch so i really wanted to see it in person to be able to put it into even more perspective you know and um, yeah i mean when you say a roller coaster of emotions that's that's what happened i mean i got yeah. up there i slipped just a little bit and then i kept it going and i took a look at it and brian's just like hey down this way and um it was just a moment of of like my heart starts beating and i can feel it in my voice like am i okay to do this you know so you, you yeah. question yourself and then you realize you know you'll probably be okay but it's just one of those things where you don't want to probably be okay you want to be 100 percent sure that you can do it yeah you don't want to be probably whenever it's like a thousand foot fall if you if, you, if you're not <laughs> yeah and I, I don't want to lose my bike. I mean, it'd be a great video, but no thanks. Right. <laughs> I am, um, when I got up there, like as you're approaching it, there's some vantage points when you look at it and you're like, oh, that's not bad at all. Like it looks kind of flat. Like when you're riding up Broken Arrow. Right. You're kind of looking up at it. So it seems like the angle is, you know, there's maybe support there. Yeah, and and it's it's really not intimidating. And then you'll turn another corner, and then you're like, no, that's a freaking cliff. Yeah. Like it's just like it's weird how just from a different angle, the right. perspective of it like completely changes. Yep. Yeah, and then it changed too, right? As I got to the face, and right as you're on it, it just yeah. starts standing up and looking taller. So yeah, yeah. When when I got up there, I, I got up to the point where you have to like kind of like pick your bike up to get it up to the white line you know yeah and just right there you can see like how much of a difference it is to get on yeah onto the surface and i, and I stood uh, i climbed up there which i'm you know I, I'm honestly like really shocked i even got myself to there and uh i'm standing there and it is like way more off camber than i expected it to be yeah yeah i agree like like, like i would love to have a camera on the ground and see how close your pedal is to the ground when people are pedaling out there. Yeah, there's not much room for pedaling. You have to keep your feet pretty level and very be very careful with your pedal strokes for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched it. I mean, there was a guy with our group that rode it while we were there, and I just watched him roll out, and it was just like, I don't even know how. Like he had his composure together. To, I mean, I couldn't. There's like the I don't know when you climb up there that spot that we're talking about. There's probably about. I don't know about 15 20 feet and there's like a little knuckle of the hill that you got to go around to like continue following the white line and i couldn't even walk past that knuckle because it was like just getting to that knuckle and then looking down it was like i just felt like it my brain like you, you know they say your mind's eye like my mind's eye was just seeing me like slip a foot and just being like, <laughs> you know, like yeah like, 
that's when your balance and everything else just starts to to leave you too because it's it's wherever your mind is kind of where your body feels like it's going too so yeah it's just like 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 at least for me and this is why i i uh i get worried on some of the exposure stuff is because like when i start getting in that nervous state of front of mind like i am not doing anything logical like i'm not controlling myself like like for example a good example would be like um on uh shoot there's a trail big chief you have you ridden big chief in north in uh north um, i haven't ridden big chief yet uh, oh. i still need to ride well, that place there's a super long log roll on that trail it's probably like 20 30 feet long and the log is probably about two feet wide so it's not like it's a like a super, a super skinny, skinny. Yeah, but, but as soon I get about ten feet out into that thing, and my handlebars just start like rocking back and forth, and it's like completely out of control. Like I'm like, instead of being able to micro adjust, I'm like aggressively adjusting where my handlebars are pointing, and it yeah. turns into this like circus act of me getting across the rest of the skinny, and that's like a perfect example of like why I can't ride like super exposure because my brain just starts doing like. It's like, no, this is not the way. Yeah. It's going to you have now. to be like calm yourself to, to get through that. Yeah. 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 My, um, my other buddy, um, this will be on my video, but my buddy, uh, Moonlight Leatherfoot, lots of you guys that watch the channel are very familiar with Moonlight. He went up there and, um, he walked the whole thing and he came back and I like looked at him in the face and I'm like, so are, are, are you going to do it? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And he had this look on his face was not like, it, 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 I, it looked like, like, it was like, yeah, I'm going to go shoot my dog kind of face. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, like, like telling yourself that you're going to do it, but upset and not happy with yourself at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and he's pretty ballsy. He likes to just do something. So. Oh yeah, he does. And so yeah. he ended up getting out there and uh, he, he rode out to the rock roll and he stopped. And once he stopped, he just, he couldn't, I don't, he couldn't get over it, you know? And he said, um, I was sitting there, so I'm filming and I'm like filming my, I'm holding a camera out to the right of me. So it's filming my face as well as my GoPros on my, my chin. So like, I'm trying to like, I'm like, hurry up, get to it, man. My arm's getting tired. You know what I mean? Like, and I, every time I'd hear him, like, let go his brakes a little bit, you know, you, you could hear like little, cause the sound like travels so well up there. Yeah, and, you can uh, hear somebody like a full-on conversation. You can hear the people below you. Yeah. Um, go, oh, wait, no, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. You could hear the people talking down at Chicken Point, which is like, what What do you say? It's probably at least like two football, three football fields it's away. It's a pretty good drive. If I was to hit a driver, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like a good distance. And and uh, so anyways, like every little, like every time I could hear him like let his brakes go, like he was thinking about it. And then he'd pull him again. And I was like, oh, dude, it was just like so hard to watch because, I mean, it's one yeah. thing watching it online. And then it's another thing watching your buddy do it up there and not have anybody like, like, I know. Standing yeah, I, was there to filming myself. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't filming myself. I was filming, um, obviously, with my phone. And at a couple points where the crashing dad started to slip, I just had to like almost put my phone down. And just start hoping and praying for him that he was going to be okay. Because I yeah. almost, I couldn't even hold the phone and like keep my own composure. Yeah, yeah. So. so so I talked to him. So Moonlight ended up not not doing it. He ended up like uh, just like, hey, I'm, it's not yeah. working out. You know, whatever reason. 
And uh, so he came back and I, and I talked to him about it. And he said, he's like, dude, my whole body was trembling. Like, he yeah. like he's like, no matter what I could tell myself to like, I can do this. The worst case, like he had said, he's like, worst case scenario, my bike's going to go off the freaking cliff and I'm just going to like. Cling you know, on to the rock or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like. You know, and but he just—he's like—I kept trying to tell myself that, and and it just—he's like, it—it it, it took him like probably ten minutes. It seemed like he was standing up there, and until it finally just was like, no, nope. <laughs> you know, yeah. Which is interesting, like you said. I mean, he's definitely one of those guys that is usually like, just go yeah. for it, you know. Well, that's that's really good. That's a big step because uh, yeah, it's it's not going to be a good alternative if it goes wrong. It's not yeah. just like falling down the rocks. Yeah, yeah. So, so once you did it once, did you go back and do it again? or? Um, I didn't really do it. So you're going to see in the video, and I'll, I'll spoil it. I don't care. Um, I just decided that it wasn't for me. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I would rather not guinea pig it and go down it myself first. I'd mm -hmm. rather see somebody that knows what they're doing do it mm -hmm. and not just make the call to think, oh, I can probably do it, and then maybe not. So yeah. I mean, this was life or death. And um, yeah, it was pretty clear, like the signs were coming up. Joe's like, oh, well, if Josh didn't do it, you probably shouldn't do it. Yeah. And you know, when you hear stuff like that and you're on the mountain and you're looking at it, you're just like, no, I'm just gonna walk my butt down and then ride all the way back. And that's what I did. Yeah. But um, it was still yeah. worth it for me to try and to see like how I would react in the situation and then know that I had my friends and that I was gonna be okay and get out, so. Yeah, and I mean, it's surprisingly that Josh didn't do it because when Josh did it last time on his video, he's just talking about how easy it is and blah, blah, blah. So Yeah, and you'll see him talking about it again. And then you'll see after I don't do it and he doesn't do it, that he goes back. And both him and uh, the crashing dad have a little go at it again. So you can watch the rest. Oh, nice. Right yeah. on. Yeah, it sounds, sounds interesting. I know he took a digger later too didn't he take a, a little little spill on the exit i think he did actually that was uh right before so before he went back up to look at it again he decided <laughs> to see if he could do the exit yeah he did it but then his brakes just kind of failed again and then he he went into the yeah so he had a lot of momentum yeah that's that's definitely not a place where you want your brakes not to be working well <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding thankfully yeah. he was okay yeah I rode a hangover with him the day before that. And um, once again, that was another one of those spots where I've seen a bunch of videos and uh, the there's this role that they were doing in, in one of the videos that I saw that uh, RC was like, ah, it's just not for me. And all the other guys had done it. And and I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident with like my rock rolls. Like we have an area, you know, Granite Bay has got a ton of rock rolls, like we got yeah, a bunch of them up in, yeah. yeah, we got a bunch of them up in Tahoe. So it's like, I'm not like, not really like super intimidated by them. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've kind of worked your way up to know what you can do. Yeah. 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 But man, when I got out there to that, that one in particular, it was just like, once again, it's one of those spots where you just feel like, man, if this goes wrong. Was that on hogs? No, it was actually on Hangover, the trail Hangover. Oh, it was, okay, it was on Hangover. Sorry, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that I one on Hogs, that is like a right-hand turn. 
I know which one that is, yeah. Dude, I tried that thing like three times and I could not get my brain to stop pulling my back brake. I kept sliding out. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah, like I haven't if, done hangover yet. And, and you liked that one, you said. Me personally, I don't really feel like it was that great. I mean, it, it's like, I, I would definitely say there's no reason not to do it because like it's one of the the big name trails, you know? I, I just don't know how much... Um, how much I would actually want to do it again. Like yeah. regardless, so it it's just, tough. it's just like the spots, the, the things that I really enjoy about mountain biking, there's only like three sections on that whole trail that are like a hundred yards long. That are the things that I enjoy about mountain biking. And the okay. rest of it yeah. is like Uber technical climbing. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. and that's like just not super enjoyable to me, you know, like there's so many other trails that I could spend that amount of time that I've spent on that. Yeah. Having I like, feel like every fun. trail out there felt like a black diamond going up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then 1500 feet of climbing or elevation turned out to be more like 3000. I mean, for how much you were working. That's oh, yeah. Yeah, I believe it there. I mean, and it's like a full body climb. It's not like like here in Northern California when you're climbing, you're, you're like, not just spinning up the fire roads. Yeah. 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 You're just getting, it's a grinder. You know what I mean? And like maybe some places get steep, but you're just like, just putting the sweat equity in, you know, where there it's like, you're like balancing and you're track standing and you're throwing your bike up and you're pushing your weight this way. And it's like, it's like you're doing this like calisthenic bike aerobics or something, you know, like, yeah. You know, yeah, it was wild. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely, um, you can see how, like, why the people in Arizona are, like, all amped off of, like, technical climbing. Because, obviously, they got a ton of it. So, you have to either, like, tell yourself you like it or not be a mountain bigger, <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. You, you live there and you go anywhere else and it's got to be boring or it's got to be easy to you, uh, I would think. I just wonder. I wonder how they feel here, though. You know, like, where they're, like, I mean, for us, we're, like, descending on some trails for like an hour, you know, like for them, they, they are like, Oh yeah, we're going to go downhill. And, and we're like, okay, sweet. And then like 10 seconds later, we're climbing. And you're like, I thought we were going downhill. They're like, yeah, this is the downhill part. You're like, yeah. You just got to keep the momentum and keep it going. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's definitely uh so I wonder like for them, you know, like to come somewhere, like, let's just say like somewhere like Downeyville and like they're, their muscle groups are probably not, you know, in the same state to have that, like that extended amount of like downhill kind of, of action. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be interesting test to kind of see how, how they'd fare out. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, I came back and I rode Auburn. Um, that was the first ride, ride I did. And, um, it was just, you know, it was the first time I was probably over 25 miles an hour, you know? And like, and like all the time in Sedona, like you don't get going very fast anywhere. No, if you hit 25 miles an hour, you better be ready to like hit some chunk and slow down because yeah, yeah something's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there there's only a couple of spots where I can think of where you're, where I was able to like really kind of let it open. Yeah, yeah. But they're like very short and few and far between, you know. Yeah, it's so cool that we have you know the ability to just you know make a trip happen and be in another world, I guess. You could say. Yeah. 
Yeah. Have you always been, um, are you, you're, you're from Northern California or whole life? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in the Bay area. I, I grew up in Napa. Uh-huh. Um, Napa actually has quite a bit to offer for mountain biking, but I didn't grow up doing mountain biking. So, um, I never really knew what we had until, you know, more recently. But, when, how did you get into riding? Um, so it's kind of a funny story. Um, my buddy and I were playing golf at a Silverado country club and, uh, my other friend that lived out there had a mountain bike and he came off of one of the tee boxes and he was jumping the tee boxes. So, um, I'd never seen that first of all. And then it was just a full suspension mountain bike. He let me look at it and I was just kind of blown away that you could do something like that on a modern bicycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just a golfer at the time. So, um, it intrigued me and I grew up racing go-karts when I was nine and 10 years old. So I like racing. I like, you know, competitive sports. Mm-hmm. So naturally, yeah, I uh, started riding a little bit with him and fell in love. It was pretty, it was pretty tough. What was the first, what was the first bike you had? Uh, it was his hardtail. It was his hardtail Navarro. Uh-huh. Um, but my first mountain bike was a giant trance, uh, 26 inch, uh, 125, 130 travel, full suspension mountain bike. Right on. I think it was that's like a 2012. That's like the same bike that uh, Moonlight had when I first met him. Yeah, I think it's the same bike a lot of people I knew had, like for their first yeah. bike. It was like a good time to be a mountain biker or get into the sport, like right yeah, around yeah. 2012. I think Giant does a really good job of making like good entry level bikes for people to have fun with you know like i i rode one of the giant trances a newer one is at this point it's been like three or four years ago but mm-hmm. i remember i like was it like a skyline? no it was um where was i riding at it, it was in auburn i my bikes yeah. were like um like both my bikes or i only had one bike at the time whatever reason i didn't have a bike and i was like oh, i'm just gonna go rent one and um we'll see what it's about you know and the place that I wanted to rent from didn't have the bike that I wanted in a size I wanted. And I just started calling around and one bike shop had this giant trance and it was like super cheap too to rent. It was like 30 bucks or something like that. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I was like, what the hell? This is not a bike that I ever would want to try, but you know, I'll give it a shot. It makes content. Right. And I was really blown away by that bike. Like I had so much fun riding that thing. And it was like, a two thousand dollar build compared to like my bronson you know what i mean like yeah yeah and i i was, I was just it really gave me a, a a brand new respect for or a different perspective for like giant and what they right because they're just like a walmart brand or something before right. I mean, at least in most people's mind probably yeah yeah i mean it's just they're just such a big company and you just kind of like i don't know at least me i'm just i, I don't know I, I just didn't really think that that bike would be as fun as it was, you know. Yeah. So funny story. I mean, I've actually only been on Giant, other than my Santa Cruz now. Yeah. So I just had that Giant Trance, and then I got a twenty-seven-five because that was like the next cool thing, and then uh-huh. that was the Gold Trance. It had like a one sixty-four and a one forty rear, uh-huh. and that thing like really elevated my game and stopped going stopped going over the bars as much and really started learning how to ride the bike, and then um, I figured, you know. The gnarly stuff was still like giving me trouble and I wanted to get better at going down the hardest trails. So I mm-hmm. got a giant rain and then oh, the nice. giant rain was like my 160, like enduro bike. Yeah. yeah. That thing's a sled. 
yeah so, so what made you decide in- what made you decide to leave giant um it wasn't really a, a brand decision so it was just more like i wanted to test all the bikes and like just because i'm a golfer and i have to test out equipment quite a bit i'm mm-hmm. really obsessed with like fine tuning and tinkering and feeling the differences between technology mm-hmm. and each bike has a different suspension platform that behaves really differently and i wanted to know why so mm-hmm. just for me personally that's kind of where my bike song name came from is just learning the different bikes kind of understanding the characteristics between them and what pedal good what went downhill good and why so mm-hmm. so you're like the bike sommelier so now i'm like a bike sommelier kind of yeah yeah there you go you, you can like lick the tire and tell what country it came from exactly i can tell you what part of the world is from what yeah no. <laughs> that's too funny so um you were you're what what then got you to to the point where you're like okay I'm, I'm learning this mountain biking thing i'm digging it now i want to try to be a content creator shoot uh i don't know i guess i've always done video for golf and i've liked uh-huh. to film my swings and kind of understand you know how to improve and by filming at least on the mountain bike i found that if i took my camera out i could see my lines and see where i i rode and maybe i can mm-hmm. adjust and kind of learn how to get better or faster in spots and then seeing bkxc just starting to watch um, youtube instead of tv and playing video games um, mm-hmm. it really just like drew me into the whole world of mountain biking and um and I just wanted to see what I could do and, and keep pushing my limits. And, and yeah. then the, the GoPro, you know, it became a, a racing thing too. So I could go out to the races and see where I, you know, I could improve in my times and in a competition place. So it's been, yeah. it's been very transformative. Like I didn't expect to get into filming and doing YouTube, but it just kind of worked out that way, I guess. Yeah. I would have never like, thought that watching a video of me going down a trail could help me go faster but um you know the confluence trail in auburn yeah and uh somewhere along the line me and one of my buddies made a bet about who could be faster on that and because of that it just started this like this competition between us and you know ended up roping in some other friends and at one point like i made a video it's actually on my on the biker channel i made the video just like how i pr confluence and really the video is actually only made so that we could go back and watch it over and over and over and basically we would sit out here in the garage and be drinking beers and like watching it like 10 seconds at a time which way do you go around that rock how do you hit that rock how do you hit are you breaking here or are you breaking there like yeah. when you're here, what are you like? And we would just have these conversations and and like just an analyze the living shit out of that trail. And I mean, we've taken minutes off of when we first started. I think both of our our me and my buddies' times were like seven minutes. Yeah, you know? that's great. Yeah, and that's still cooking pretty good. I mean, it's not going to get you a top ten time for the no, day. No, that's pretty but... decent. Like to get under ten minutes, you have to be trying. Yeah, yeah, and so um, and now. We're running at like, I, I have like a 521 and my other buddy, Brandon, he's got a 509. Like, it's like two minutes of change from like really pushing 
And and that video, like watching that video, I 100% wouldn't be as fast as I am if it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did that same thing kind of in at Skyline. Like Buckeye is my local trail that I've yeah, probably done like one. 300 times. So yeah, you take a couple hundred videos and you start to see, oh, why am I slower here? Why does that not look fast? And then yeah. you, you analyze it and sure enough, like it, it does help to kind of look at it and depict like, where things maybe could be improved and the video does that i think the other thing that it did for me is like we would find lines that we didn't ever see because like you like like humans are like creatures of habit yeah and you you're as hard as you're trying to pick a different line your your like natural instinct is keep going the same go back good yeah right yeah right and sometimes we would be watching that video and it'd be like dude look you can go right over that rock right there and yeah. like cut that whole little like janky little turnout there, you know? And it's like, why have I never seen that? You know, and it's just because in your mind, when you're like pushing as hard as you can, your heart rate's up, yeah. you're like not making those kind of decisions, you know? And then you go out and you try it and you're like, oh my God. Like there, just recently, I actually like found a little rock that I, I was like, why have I not jumped off this before? And it like just takes a little like, it, it's probably a half a second. Yeah. And, you know, you that's know? the thing, too, is you kind of said it is it's not so much just to be faster. Sometimes it helps you see more things on the trail and just helps you yeah. get creative and do something you haven't done before, too. Yeah. So it's cool how you can use video to help aid yourself and 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 then um, learn more as well uh, on the yeah. trails. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely um, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely not like I like I started out. It's definitely not something that I would have ever like. Yeah considered in the first place you know yeah no, so i urge anybody that I, out there that has a good go i swear they don't happen by intention they just end up like oh i did this thing and that led me to this and, uh -huh. and then you kind of find you know what works and and you stick with what works and you ditch what doesn't so yeah so you were talking earlier about golf how um how, how'd you get into that um uh, shoot well my dad said i couldn't do racing anymore because it was too expensive and I was like really getting into go-karts when I was like 10 years old, 11. Uh -huh. and, um, like who isn't into go-karts when they're 10? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got into go-karts really young. I was fortunate at that. And um, I mean, when you start getting competitive into go-kart racing, it costs thousands of dollars to go do those races. And my dad's like, hey, I'm sorry, dude. I'm not like a, a super millionaire. I can't send you to all these races. You're going to have to do something else. Yeah. And I took up golf. So I went from the fastest sport in the world to the slowest sport. <laughs> and um i don't i don't really know why i think it's just because i did baseball i did soccer i did all these sports and team sports were cool but i don't know there's something about having total responsibility of myself uh -huh. and my own game per se so uh -huh. golf was one of those games where it's it's you or it's you can't blame anybody else you know yeah yeah so there's similarities with mountain biking then absolutely like in mountain biking you are the golf ball in my perspective yeah. too. So you're not near as invincible in uh, mountain biking as you are in golf. Yeah. yeah you can hit yeah. the golf ball out of bounds and it doesn't matter. So. Right. Did you have a friend that was into golf or something? Like, why did you just pick golf? Um, that's a good, I you're think like Tiger, Tiger Woods is super cool. I'm going to just, I, I'm gonna... I, I honestly think it was like, I, I, um, I found, you know, it really interesting to watch Tiger Woods come onto the scene on, on the PGA Tour and uh -huh. just start dominating. 
and I was, it was probably like 2000, like 1999. Mm -hmm. And, um, he took over the world and like really upset the golf world. And it was something that I, maybe he's, you know, he's got my last name. I just felt a lot in common with the guy because he's, uh -huh. uh, he's just somebody that wanted to like make it and be a, a superstar. And no matter what anybody was going to say, he was going to will it to happen. So yeah. I just loved his mentality and his ability to, to just become Tiger Woods, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely did. And uh, yeah, I, I think um, I was good at the game. So I was good at putting and good at chipping. But I was uh -huh. never really like a good striker of the golf ball. So it took me so a long time. So had you had golfed before that? Like, like. Well, I mean, you have to learn from, you know, the green to the tee kind of thing. So. No, but what I'm saying is like when you were 10 or 11 getting out of, of the the go-kart stuff, like had you yeah. golfed before or it was just like. No, it's just like I want to try this. I'm going to try something totally new then. Yeah, I mean, I was good at sports. So yeah. I just wanted to try everything and see like yeah. what I was going to be the best at. Yeah. That's kind of what I, I did, I guess. Yeah. So then you ended up making a career out of that then, right? Um, well, yeah, I wanted to be like, I wanted to be Tiger Woods. Like I wanted to be the best in the world and play on tour. And uh -huh. um, that was my goal. So at, out of high school, I went to the JC and kind of realized after a year of playing at the JC that that wasn't going to be um, helpful for my golf game. Playing on teams is fun, but if you really want to play, you have to play on the mini tours, like the Pepsi tour um, uh -huh. or the players tour. And some of these golf tours that get you to the PGA tour. Um, mm -hmm. So you have to build your way up and do these tournaments. And that's just the whole path that I ended up taking is I, I wanted to go to the top and I wanted uh -huh. to see if I could be the best in the world. And um, you just never stop trying. And you never stop believing. Uh -huh. And it was just all or nothing until I found, you know, I have to make a job and like make some kind of money to make these tournaments keep happening. Uh -huh. So I got a job in a restaurant and I was a server and, um, just played golf when I could. Uh -huh. And then, um, as a golfer, like there was a club that took me in and, um, obviously Meadowood Napa Valley, um, helped me become a teacher, a pro. So uh -huh. I started teaching and I was teaching for about six or seven years. Oh, um, wow. just recently until, they burned down last year in the Napa fires. So there's just been so much going on ever since like I decided I want to be a golf pro. That was it until uh -huh. I decided, okay, I have to make a living and I have to help people and use my craft to, to further me in the game. And mm -hmm. maybe I can still be a pro someday, maybe, but yeah, um, I kind of dropped that dream when I started helping people and then focusing on mountain biking and myself and uh -huh. what else I could do. So, so, um, so you kind of pivoted into mountain bikes and you said earlier that you're, you know, super competitive. And, um, I think the first time I talked Light, to you, or, yeah, lightheartedly, I'm, I'm competitive, but I'm a fair sport. Like I don't yeah. care if you beat. I'm yeah. Okay yeah. 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 But I think what I was getting at is like, I think the first time that we talked, you were going to be racing up in Auburn and I think we were talking on my my channel about um like showing you around or something like that yeah so, yeah. so you you and the, the main reason that i know that is that um i'll tell you a little story <laughs> when youtube changed they like did some kind of change to their platform oh it's whenever they they came out with the the studio the new youtube studio mm -hmm. for um like like creators you know whatever your back end of your channel mm -hmm. and when they did that 
all of a sudden like hundreds of comments that were on my videos from years that I never got like notifications for were on yeah. there. Oh right. Right. Yeah. And um, the, the one that was like, so I was answering then the ones that were relevant and new. Right. But it, once I got to a certain point where it's like this comments from two years ago, I'm not responding to it. Right. It's like, it is what it is, you know? And uh, the one that's at the, the, the last one that's, that's like above anything that I get new right now is that conversation with you because you were replying to something that, that I had said. And, yeah. and, and then it was like, it was like the conversation ended. So there was no reason for me to reply back. So that stays there as a, as a reply that, um, that I didn't respond to. And that's how I always know I'm at the end of my like new comments is when I see that comment of you telling me like, Hey, well, I'm going to look and find out when the race is. And then I'll reach back out to you and let you know whenever we're going to ride. Uh, no kidding. That's <laughs> funny. That's weird how that all works. Yeah. 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 So like, that's, that's the main reason that I know that we had this conversation because I see it every day. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you gave me some tips that day and then we ended up going out on forest trail or forest hill divide or something. Did and we? we did some super long ride and you're like, oh, that's not what I told you to do. Like, that's the long way. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I learned the hard way the first time I went out there, but we still had fun. Like, Auburn's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, there's some good stuff up there. You know, I like, I really enjoy the, um, there's good long climbs. And anytime there's a good long climb, there's a good long descent, you know? And I think that's the thing that I, that I enjoy about that place is like, at the end of the day, you know, mountain biking, at least for me, is like therapy as well. And, you know, being in the saddle for 45 minutes or 30 minutes climbing up some nasty climb, like, it's a good place to, like, get some get some shit in your head, you know, thought. Yeah, you know, you, you, know? Can't get, you can't get any worse off from it. You're only going to get better in some way or another. Yeah. You know, it's, you're going to get yeah. stronger and you're going to yeah. get sweaty and tired and you're going to feel better afterwards. It's just the way yeah. it works. Yeah, and once you get done with the climb, you're like, all right, now it's time to freaking bomb downhill, and that's <laughs> fun. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, that uh, mountain biking actually helped me with a lot of things, too. Like, when I started, um, I had smoked cigarettes prior, and mm -hmm. I, I don't tell a lot of people this, but it helped me stop smoking cigarettes, because if you think about mountain biking and climbing up to a hill or to the top of some hill and wanting to take a deep breath of a cigarette, no, I don't think so. So, yeah. I mean, it, it really did help change my perspective on my my air intake and, like, breathing yeah. in general. So, yeah, mountain biking helped me quit that. So, it's amazing what it did. That's interesting. Was yeah. it, like, just that, like, feeling of not wanting to do it? Or it was, like, man, I'm so yeah, winded. Yeah, it was just I, a I, disgusting, like, there's no way in, in the world. Like, right yeah. now, after making that climb, I would want one. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. for me, I didn't smoke for very long, probably, like, a, a year or two. But that was yeah. something that definitely like helped me kick the habit. That's awesome, man. You know, um, yeah. it's I, been used smoke, yeah. I used to smoke as well. And uh, mm. I the thing that always surprises me is I did not realize how bad I smelled as a smoker <laughs> until you're a non-smoker. Like, like you could be in the store and somebody's in the next aisle over that just smoked a cigarette before they came in and you can smell them like over everything else that's in the freaking grocery store you can it's, like yeah it's true yeah and when you smoke you don't care because you don't you don't actually smell it yourself either yeah because oh it's already it's in your system you're good 
Yeah, you're like nose yeah. blind to it, you know? I know. It's, it's, yeah. That's something I don't miss is the smell. Yeah, not at all. I, 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 whenever I like stopped smoking and I like realized how bad it smelled, I like instantly felt bad for like any girl that I ever dated that wasn't a smoker. <laughs> yeah, they, they probably, uh, they, they I was like, man, they must have really bad. liked me. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Because I don't think I would deal with that. <laughs> I don't think I could. I like now, I, I don't think I could date a girl that smokes. I don't think I could. Like I just couldn't yeah. like be like licking an ashtray when you're trying to kiss her or something. You know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Definitely, like I'm, I'm definitely like do as I I say, not as I do, kind of thing or something. I don't know how do you say it. You know, the door do doesn't as swing I say, not as I do. Please. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. So, um, so you start deciding that you want to get into racing. How, how, how long into riding whenever you decide, like made that decision? Um, probably three years or so, three or four years. You were riding for a while. I think I was racing on Strava before I was ever considering racing like in in person. Cause there Uh was some really, really fast guy. There are some really fast guys in Napa. Um, Uh I could say Jeremy Cowell, Joe Cridmore, Nelson uh, Monge, that they were on the leaderboards of everything at Skyline and by minutes they were ahead of me. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, dude, if you really want to race, you got to at least compete, like, or at least get close to some of these times before you yeah. can really consider racing. But, yeah. Yeah. So it took a few years, probably like, Four years into it, I was on my gold trance the first time I went to the Battleborn Enduro. That was at uh-huh. Reno. Uh-huh. And um, I saw Kyle Warner. I saw, like, um, shoot, just a bunch of really, really good riders that were all pro Enduro racers back then. Yeah. And um, that was my first Enduro, and and it was crazy. I was just happy to get through the thing. Yeah. But, uh, I probably didn't race again for another year or two, and then um, – what was that experience like? You just got your ass handed to you, or? Uh, it was just yeah. It was in the elevation at Reno. Um, the first stage I went down, my chain came off and kinked in like four places. Oh shit! So I had like pros at the bottom trying to help me like unkink it, and they're like, "Dude, good luck. Like, best <laughs> to you." And yeah. uh, somehow we were able to like unkink it, take out three links, and like I was able to finish the race. So that definitely made me like realize, okay, maybe I just need to be more prepared. And, yeah. um, and then, yeah, I think, um, like this last year is the, the first year that I actually took racing serious. I've been to Sea Otter a couple times. I think mm-hmm. I've raced it twice. So I've raced the Ashland Enduro and then the North Star Enduro in sport. Mm-hmm. And then this year I was just deciding that if I'm going to race, I'm going to try to go expert because I, mm-hmm. I felt strong and I felt fast. And um, I just wanted to see where I would end up for expert in uh, in my age group, at least. Mm-hmm. So how, how, what does that consist of, of people that don't know what that race circuit is? Is that like... So the California Enduro... Yeah, the California Enduro Series is an Enduro Series where obviously they don't time you on the climbs. But mm-hmm. basically they allow you to go out and uh, start each stage within 30 seconds of the next rider. 30 mm-hmm. seconds to a minute. And then, so you do the full stage in front of you with nobody um, really to hinder your performance unless you catch somebody. And at that point, you just kind of yell back and hopefully they let you around. 
but most mm -hmm. of the time you're racing um, and it's just you in the course and then you're done with the stage and then you climb up to the next stage. Um, obviously you take your time. There's no time limit to get to that stage. You can't take all day, obviously. So you, you want to be right. somewhat efficient about it. Um, and then when you do about four to six stages, however many stages the race has, then you've completed the enduro. And at the end of the day, your fastest times are going to be the winners, obviously. And then, um, yeah, they combine each of the downhill segments mm -hmm. to get you. So goal. do you do that each stage multiple times or you only get one shot at Just it? one shot at each stage. Yeah. Okay. So you get to practice the stages the day before. Okay. And you get to see them. And, um, and then you get to just go race them the next day, or if it's a two day race, then you have some of the stages one day and then the rest of the stages on the, the ladder. Mm -hmm. And then how many races are there in that series? So this year there was, let's see, we started with China peak. We did, um, Shasta, we did Auburn, we had North star, but then that got canceled because of the smoke. Mm -hmm. And um, so we got to practice, but we didn't get to race. And then we did Ashland. So four total this year. Mm -hmm. And um, I think there's going to be six total next year. They're going to add Georgetown to the mix. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that'll be the first fun. race of the year. Nice. That's the climbing out there sucks. <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't know. I've just taken the shuttle. Yeah, I've, um, well, just, I mean, a lot of the stuff that you go down is the same way that you can climb. And so just think about it that way. They're okay. shitty climbs. <laughs> right on. I'll look yeah. It. yeah, I definitely, like, I was out there exploring and trying to, like, figure the place out right around the time that Tom started doing those shuttles out there. So, like, whenever I heard that there was a shuttle, I was like, I'm going to try this because the the way that i was going about trying to learn the place was like very painful and so yeah yeah i've heard it's really difficult to navigate yeah yeah it's definitely um that place is super fun though yeah it's um, ripping. you talk about going over 25 miles an hour that place yeah. is like it feels like 40 the whole time it's just yeah. so fast before we before we get into georgetown which i'm i'm yeah, very yeah. willing to talk about um <laughs> what it, what are the the like levels of of racing so it's like beginner or novice and then intermediate yeah so just like, beginner sport expert and then pro and then pro so so you signed up expert for the first time this year have you done mm -hmm. what was before it i've never done expert before that but i got third place in my last race in ashland i think uh -huh. it was 2019 um, so that was in sport and I uh -huh. could see that I was maybe in the top 10 for expert. And I realized, you know, if that was the direction I was headed and then having time to get stronger, I, I felt like I was ready for, for expert and I just wanted to give it a go. So you gave it a go. How'd it go? Uh, I, I finished third place overall. So it went really well. It started yeah. out pretty shaky. I got 25th at, um, China peak. And honestly, I was just having to survive that place. That place is gnarly. Um, and then Shasta was like China China Peak, like like down in the bay. China Peak's um uh, just under like just above Yosemite or closer to Yosemite. Oh, that's not where I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of China Camp. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, China Camp is near um uh, uh, Marin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so China Peak. So where you said it's up by Yosemite? Yeah, it's um I, I'm not totally sure exactly. I it was about a five hour drive for me. 
So it was just brutal. Like it's just huge rocks everywhere, littered with rocks and uh uh, like kind of coarse sand that was really hard to turn in. Uh Uh, And then a lot of it had been burnt too. So it was just a gnarly place. Um, I was just trying to survive that place. And I got 25th out of like 40, maybe. Yeah. Uh, So you were at that point, that was your first race. My first race of the season. Yeah. And I had no idea if I even should be an expert. I'm like, whatever. I'm I'm in it now. Yeah. Yeah. So then what was your next one then? I think the next one was Shasta. So then how did that play out? Um, So that was just just as mind blowing, but not near as gnarly. It was Mm -hmm. like basically going to the beach and doing downhills in sand. That's what it felt like. (laughs) Um, But it was finer than sand. So it was almost worse and uh, it was so deep and pillowy that you just had to lean the bike or keep the bike straight most of the time. Yeah. And um, it was just a game of stay on the bike, like do not yeah. fall off the bike. And yeah. I think I did it well because I got fifth place. So yeah, my whole game plan was just dude, don't fall off the bike. Just, you know, pedal hard where you can, but don't, you know, be a hero. Right. And, um, and it worked out for, for fifth. I've ridden in some places that are like that. And it's just like a controlled, like you feel like you're almost like surfing on your bike. Like, yeah. By the end of the day, you get better at it. Cause you're like, geez, nothing works. So yeah. you just kind of have to improvise and, and do your best. Yeah. I think if you're riding that stuff all the time, then obviously like you just like, it's a skill, then you have it in your, in your like toolbox, you know? Yeah. I actually look forward to going back there cause, cause it was so difficult. Yeah. Um, and it just, it felt like it made me a better rider and like a little bit more smart in racing too. Uh-huh. Um, Cause you can't care about mistakes. You're going to make mistakes left and right. Like all yeah. day long, you're making mistakes. You just have to get over it. Yeah. Yeah. So fifth place then. So now you're thinking, okay, 25th the first time, fifth place this time. Like, yeah, maybe I am in the right place. Yeah. I was like, okay, that brings me back to like the top 10 ish. Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah, I went to Auburn. And everyone's like, oh, it's a local place for you. And I've been to Auburn, like you said, maybe four times, like five right. times. Um, so you didn't really know it. So, I mean, I, I felt like I, I had a good advantage because I, it's not like I've never been there, like China Peak or Shasta. Right. So I, I had a little bit of an advantage to know what was coming. But the courses were so blown up when it came time to race, like from practice, it was completely different. Like all the lines looked pretty bad. And yeah. there was just boulders in random spots. So you just had to, it was just like racing Shasta for me. I was like, who cares? You're going to make some mistakes. Just be fast and pedal where you can. Yeah. And came out in second place. Um, nice. Nice. To Jeff, to Jeff Thayer, or I think it's that Thayer. Yeah. He's a, he's a local. He's a really good like rider. And he got me by a second. Oh, nice. So he got first place and I got second. And we were both MTB NorCal guys on the podium at a local race at, at Auburn. It was pretty good feeling. It was phenomenal. So now at this point you're thinking, dude, this is looking good. Yeah. It's like, dude, I'm on the podium twice. Like, yeah. Okay. Like let's go to, let's go to Ashland. Let's uh-huh. finish this off. So Ashland, I've never ridden up there, but everything that I see, it just looks super rad. Like, so oh that's God, more dude, like, it, if I had to describe like, um, Lord of the Rings, in trail format like that's how it would be it's just like a kingdom of different like climates that you go through and then it's just the flowiest place i've ever been in my life yeah 
like no breaking so bumps in a lot of the turns just i mean some breaking bumps because of the, yeah. the race but it's so flowy yeah it's just like grins for days out there right uh yeah if i had to die right now i would go ride there before i die <laughs> that's awesome so so what happened what happened in ashland so now you're coming off of a second place yeah so ashland was tough i mean it's a pedally course and i have a 35 pound mega tower so you're thinking about my bike like I, I use my bike for my whole season and my bike's 166 in the rear 170 in the front mm -hmm. and um i'm not gonna start labeling reasons why i didn't do better but i got seventh place mm -hmm. and um, i felt like that was pretty good like i put down a strong effort um raced as fast as i could and didn't make as didn't make very many mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, seventh place in the race actually put me, so I was fifth going into Ashland for the whole mm -hmm. series. And mm -hmm. I was just kind of hoping to get like a top 10, maybe a top five, because I had just podium twice. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think um, just riding smart and staying kind of to my game plan, like I had the last couple of races, mm -hmm. uh, seventh place got me third place overall. So, oh, I so pumped you up. I was expecting, yeah, maybe I'll be in the top five. And um, even though I didn't make the podium for Ashland's race, they called me up in the end of the, like at the end of the ceremony when we had the overalls and they had me at third place overall. So a couple of guys that were in fourth and fifth kind of faltered back just a little bit or just enough to I could, to the point where I could just kind of squeeze out an extra couple of points and I got third place overall. Dude, that had to feel so good. It, it sounds amazing, and and yeah. um, I still don't quite understand it, but it's real. So yeah. So then, what's the plan for next year? I think the plan is, I mean, I did good, and I want to try to do expert again next year to see if I can at least you know replicate like a top five would be great um, mm -hmm. for the year, but um, just kind of see if I can maybe improve my fitness. I wanted to talk to Derek at Dialed Health and maybe get on a program so that where I'm actually taking my fitness to the next level, because mm -hmm. I don't think um, the pros are any faster than me, um, you know, for no reason, like they're all extremely strong. And mm -hmm. when it comes down to me getting better as a rider, I just know that I need to be stronger. Yeah. 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 I definitely know, like working out and stuff like that, just, um, I've definitely seen a change in my riding because of that. So it definitely yeah. it does something, you know. I think there's a lot of like a lot more than just your legs that you're using on mountain bikes, you know. And I think when people first get into mountain biking, you're just like, oh, all I gotta do is ride more and I'll get faster. Yeah. And it's like just like there's day, every so day. many other like muscles that you're using that um it's a yeah. full body workout, man. No, I don't want to like get too far ahead of myself either, because I I think I'm a good expert rider but I don't mm -hmm. necessarily even want to be a pro. Like if I could be yeah. a pro, that'd be great. But I don't know that I want the pressures of having to be a pro and to be the best of the best. Cause look, I already did this for golf. Like yeah. that was my goal was to be a pro golfer, was to be the best that I could. And really at the end of the day, like it, it shouldn't be too serious. Like I want to have fun with it and keep, mm -hmm. keep my sanity in it because um, biking is, is awesome. And I want to keep yeah. it that way. I don't want yeah. it to be like, I have to be the best and I, I yeah. can't talk to you cause I'm too cool. So yeah. I just, I want to be friendly and have this be my fun thing too. Yeah. Yeah. My one buddy always says, don't take something fun and turn it into a job. Yeah. You know? like, too true. I mean, if you love yeah. something, 
keep it, you know, in your heart and close to your heart, but like, don't try to make it too serious. Yeah. 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 It's, it's hard to do like depending on your personality, you know? So, um, those of you guys that are listening and don't follow bike someone on YouTube, you should go by and check out his channel because you documented all your, the races that we just talked about. Right. Yeah. So every race that we just spoke of is like all on YouTube. Yeah. If you want to get into racing, if you want to see what the courses are like, um, they're all out there for you to see. You can see unedited full stages, um, on my channel. So you basically have each stage, uh, a video of each stage of the yeah. whole series that you raised. Yeah. And that was kind of my goal too, is it's not just so much to see, you know, how well I can do for myself, but I wanted to put the stages out there so that people could see the race format and see what it is for themselves. If they have never raced and they want to see a full stage, they should be able to go to YouTube and click on a, a button and see the whole stage. That's just the way right. I see it. Right, because like when you were probably getting ready to go, there like was you were nothing. probably looking. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard to find people that like film their racing series or even film all the stages to um, the enduros, and you don't really know what you're getting into unless you just go out there. Yeah, yeah. So that's right that you did that, man. That you got that, got all that, you know, out there and for yep. other people to check out. And I mean, I, so but do the courses change every year, like? They probably change a bit. Um, so, I mean, for me to like really keep it up, I'd have to go to all the races and mm -hmm. just keep putting out, you know, more race footage um, because I'm sure that they will change probably from time to time. Um, but yeah, I think overall, uh, this is a good base that I've got. And uh, yeah, I'll try to show up to all the races that I can and yeah. keep it going if I, if I can make it happen. So um, now that you're... Uh you're a, a top three in, in the state, I guess you could say, how oh, are you great. doing? How are you doing on the, uh, the Strava back in your local trails? Are you up there on the KOMs or still um, chasing those guys? Yeah, I definitely think, um, I'm leaving Strava alone. Yeah. Since I have stopped racing. It's been nice to, to not have to feel like I'm in a race environment and Strava is uh -huh. just for fun. Anyways. I, I think that most of the people know that, they mess up the times. They're never perfect and accurate. Yeah. And if you really want to know who's fast, your fastest times in a race may not be what they are on Strava because you may be tired. You may be fatigued from climbing all day. Yeah. You, you know, you don't have the same uh, perfect run in all of your races that you do on Strava. So it's, yeah, it's a little yeah. bit misleading. It's, it's good to have for reference, but it's not like the be all end all is Strava. Yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. I, I definitely hear you there. I have yet to get a KOM. I really want to get one. I think I have about 50-something. 50? Yeah, 50-something uh, KOMs. I, I don't really, like, actually, this is what I want. I don't necessarily want a KOM. I just want to be a number one for the year. <laughs> that Hey, that's just as fair. I mean, honestly, each year the trails change so much. Like, a lot of the KOMs that guys have are from 2012, 2013, because yeah. the trail was smooth. And yeah. each year they get rutted and they change. So, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, my buddy made a, a really good comment. I, I I feel like I actually talked to the guy at Trail Forks. I wonder, no, but that's not Strava. I need to find somebody on Strava to have a conversation with on the biker bar and tell them my buddy's idea. He said, I think that the KOM should reset every year. Every year? I, yeah. Every year. 
Yeah, I feel like that makes sense, man. Because like what you just said, like like somebody could have the KOM, let's just say, on um, Stonewall, for example, in Auburn, right? A couple years ago, they bulldozed that, and it was like super smooth. Or East Side's a good example. Like mm-hmm. when they they did trail work on that, they like bulldozed it, and it was so smooth. Like you were just burning your brakes by the time you got to the bottom. Because yeah. it, it was so fast, like incredibly fast. I'm sure that there's probably a KOM on that trail from that time. And I don't feel like anybody's going to be able to touch it because all of it does, as soon as it starts eroding, it just gets chunkier and slower and chunkier. And you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, you have a valid point for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, like they maybe they have like KOM that like an annual KOM and then they have another one that's just like, you know, like for a minute, mind. they did. They had, like, yearly KOMs. Um, yeah. I, I forget what it was, but it was, like, I think they're local legends now or something, but I, I don't know. No, local legends is, like, just how many times you rode the trail. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, they yeah. changed it all up, so I don't know. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. I, I Usually, whenever I look at, like, my time, I'll look at for the day, just because I'm curious, like, yeah, yeah. am I in the top 10 or am I, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I look at the year. I'll look at like, okay, how was I in terms of the year? Yeah, because I think you never the year know. is pretty relevant. It's it's good to have that. Yeah. yeah, I'm really close to getting one in down or in not in Downeyville in uh in Rockville. There's a there's a downhill segment there that I'm like seconds away from the guy that's got number one. And oh, I, really I met nice. the guy with, huh? I said that's that's awesome. Yeah, there's a guy, and I met the guy that has number one, and I told him, I was like, I'm coming for you, dude. <laughs> you know, and right now is the time. Right now is the time to do it. Yeah, because, it's really prime right now. Yeah. yeah. And what I what I tend to do, especially there, is do those runs at night. So, like, you know there's no one on the trail. You yeah. know what I mean? So the guy that I was that I was telling him coming after he's like damn I'm shocked that you got that time at night and I'm like dude the night doesn't really like if anything I feel like it makes me faster because I can't see some of the stuff <laughs> yeah, you, you know just kind of remember I'm turning here this is my line and then yeah 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 probably the gnarly stuff disappears to the background yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so maybe one of these days I'll get one I don't <laughs> know I was really stoked though like we um I, I'm I'm surprised at how fast I am now compared to just like a year or two ago, you know, when I was a lot heavier that, you know, my friends and I can, we go out and ride somewhere and we look at Strava for the day and we're pretty much always in like top 10, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that feels really good, you know? Cause like, I would have never... Like I, I looked at guys getting times on like Confluence, for example, in, in Auburn that I get now and just being like, I don't even know how they're like, it's impossible. Like yeah. a guys that were getting like the low fives, like what I have, what I do now. I just remember thinking like, that's insane. Like, yeah. how are you doing that? You know, where are they getting it? Is it an attorney? Is it like, yeah, what is I it? I just couldn't fathom it at all. Like, I just couldn't understand how you could possibly be going that fast. Yeah. You know, and, and what it what it does though is it really makes you like realize that like like your skill set is like your speed is relevant to your skill set. Mm. And you're like going as fast as you think you possibly can, right? Mm. But that's only for your skill set. 
you, you know, like you could be doing that run in nine minutes that somebody else is doing in four, mm -hmm. but to you, like that's as fast as it goes. You, right. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. And, and you start kind of learning that line. Um, you start approaching, you know, leaving your skill set, and then that's when crashing happens too. So right. It's like, right. Yeah. You have to be very careful there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the part where whenever you start get to the point where like, okay, you're, you're getting when, once you're getting close to like what the fastest times are on a trail, that's when you really have to start asking yourself the question like, am I pushing outside of my, my skill set, or am I just pushing outside of my comfort zone? You know? Right. Yeah. And, and that's the only that, question that you can answer too. So. Right. Yeah. Usually you don't know it until you're like laying on the ground. You <laughs> yeah. Like, like well, that was for sure the line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely crossed the line today. <laughs> so. Yeah, actually, I found it um, in my practice, like when I was racing this year, all my practice runs, I would purposely try to go slower uh -huh. because uh, it's almost like the GoPro thing when you get to really take take it in and like look at the footage and, and see where mm -hmm. you can be faster. If you're just hitting the trail at, at, on practice as fast as you can, you're maybe making mistakes and you don't get to see some of the things that you would be taking in if you were going slower. And um, so that was kind of a challenge for me this year too, is just like following, following friends and then giving myself time to look at the terrain so mm -hmm. that um, I'm not just going as fast as I can. Cause when you're racing, you are often blurring that line of your skill set and then, you know, your actual ability. And right. um you have to re remember like where that is and stay within it so that you're pushing and that you're not falling off of it and, right, um, right. and going overboard. Well, I think it's good too. Like what you're saying is like, if you're going through it slower, then you actually have that opportunity to pick the lines to push that are right? right. If you're already going max speed, then you're having to come back from that. And if you yeah. have more room to push into, then you can accelerate through obstacles that, you know, yeah. otherwise you would just be hanging on to. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It, it, you know, I, I know like on some of my, like my Strava runs that are super fast, I usually like whenever I PR nine times out of 10, I finish that run and I'm thinking to myself, that was crappy. It didn't feel fast at all. And those are usually the ones that are like, I killed it. Yeah. You know, and it's just because you're, you actually are like writing yeah, I've had like, this conversation, like, I swear a hundred times with my friends, because it's like, dude, I ripped this segment, like, that was the best time I've ever gotten, like, you're a second or two back. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? How? And then you go out and you have fun, or like, you flow, and you're like, well, it was okay, like, it was chill, I did good. And then you yeah. set your fastest time, it's like, huh. Yeah. It's weird how yeah, it doesn't make does any that. sense. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all. Like, I've definitely, like just not too long ago buddy of mine freaking we we started tearing down this trail and at first we were just gonna like you know how it goes we're just gonna have fun and then you turn one corner yeah. and buddy just starts cranking Two corners later like yeah we're just full on just pedaling the hell out of it man and it's like you're feeling out of control and you're like going stupid around corners and you're like oh my god this is nuts and you get done you're like totally winded it takes you like 30 seconds to even be able to get a word out you know and you're like man we had to kill it and then you look at your time and it's like 20 seconds slower than your fastest time. And you're like, yeah, what? it's like, dang, what is that? that what yeah. was that for? Yeah. 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 So that's just, uh, it, it always blows me away. Even on that video that I was talking about earlier, the how to PR confluence, mm. while I was doing that run, I was, I told the camera, 
this doesn't feel good. I'm definitely kind of slow on this one. And I ended up PR in that run. And it yeah, was like, you know, in that, in that moment, when you say this doesn't feel that great, like you're probably accepting, Hey, you know, it's okay. It's not my fastest. And then you're, you know, with that mentality, you're able to find, you know, your, uh, your second wind, maybe, I guess yeah. it, it's, it's tricky. I don't really know, but there's something to it for sure. Yeah. Or, or maybe yourself. it's like, maybe it's like that you, um, you kind of give up. Look, I almost look for a mistake. Like, dang, I just made a little mistake there. I'm going to like inch my way back and like claw my way back a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, if you feel like you're perfect, like at any, any given moment, you're not. And then you're, yeah. you're losing time again. So I feel like sometimes whenever that happens to me, I think like in my head, I'm like, oh, I already blew it. Like I'm not getting the PR. Yeah, yeah. And then I think what happens is then I relax and then I'm actually riding better because right. I'm not trying to like, hammer so hard i'm like cornering better i'm like yeah it's probably true just kind yeah. of playing being more playful and because of that i'm actually riding smoother and then yeah. i end up doing well you know yeah I, I love that like this is why i love mountain biking because there's no definite answer there's no right or wrong it's just yeah this is uh it, it what it's what makes us us and unique and, and yeah. better yeah yeah it's definitely really um there's a lot of things about the sport that I enjoy and it's, um, yeah, there's so many, so many parts to it, you know, like, like we talked earlier about the climbing and like being able to think things through and I, um, I like ADD. So my brain's like over the play all over the place all the time. Like it's really sometimes like, I'm like literally out loud, like focus, Rob, like, you're halfway through a sentence and then you start looking at something else and then you come back and read the other half of the sentence. And then you're like looking at something else and you're like, Jesus Christ, dude, read the fucking <laughs> paragraph. You know? Like, and, uh, the thing that I love about writing is like, like when you're going down the hill and you're just freaking, you know, mock Jesus, there is nothing else that you're thinking about. Like, yeah, it takes a lot of that away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's no bills, there's no girlfriend or wife, there's no like yeah. car that's broken down. There's there's nothing except for you and the bike and the trail. And that like that's it. And that's like, oh God, that's so good. Yeah, that's, that's hard to that's hard to harness. Yeah. Because yeah. any other time in your life, you're oh at least me, like I'm always thinking about like 10 different things all at the same yeah. time, you know? Well, we, yeah, we got our internal story. It's going like we got this yeah. thing going, we got that going. Yeah. And when you're on the trail, you're legitimately just like in the now. Like yeah. we're here, we're now, like it, wherever you look and what you're thinking is going to happen most yeah. likely. Yeah, it's so good. And then the friendships that you can get out of it, like just um, like Sedona is a great example. I mean, look, so many of us uh, content creators all get to like, that's the event where everybody tends to, to meet up with, you know. And uh, Yeah, so I found out you guys are just a huge family. So. yeah yeah you're part of it now man you're a content creator dude you're you're in there well i'm happy to be here this is fun yeah yeah but it's definitely like you know like that sport you know or this sport like has has made that happen you know like all the people that if i was throwing a party tomorrow that i would invite are all guys that i ride with you yeah. know it's like um it's interesting, you know? Yeah, and, for my birthday, I just want, like, another dirt days. Yeah. Just on home soil. 
Yeah. And uh, have like the whole MTB NorCal family here and just we all ride the trails and have good good times, good smiles and good laughter and that's a good birthday. So can you t you're you're an ambassador for MTB NorCal. Can you talk about what they are? Uh yeah, so they they were awesome enough to to kind of bring me into their family. They they liked what I was doing with my channel. Um they wanted me to be an ambassador and just share the stoke and and promote them to help promote um, all of our local trail advocacy groups to just kind of uh, make group rides happen, get people together and just be uh, a big family. And, um, mm -hmm. and with their YouTube presence or not their YouTube presence, their Instagram presence, um, I kind of cover the YouTube side where I have a few more followers and I can bring them to kind of see what MTB NorCal is about. And we can be out there on the trails, digging, helping people, um, mm -hmm. like Fat Track, American River Conservancy. Um, there's just so many options that we can do together. And um, they recognize that from a grassroots level, that if they give back to the communities, then they can help our communities and everybody gets, you know, what we're looking for out of mountain biking, which is uh, more trails, just um, cleaner ecosystems and happier people and better sense of community, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. They really just kind of hit the ball out of the park with uh, bringing the community together and and then helping people when they need help too, like Haiti, for instance. So um, it's just good to to be a part of them, and I'm stoked. So yeah, yeah. So essentially, they sell merch and put on events, and all of the money that they make out of that, they donate back to the trail system. Right. So they are a nonprofit. Yeah. And yeah. Um, their whole goal is to just help the community and to, yeah, to get people stoked on riding with products um, and, uh, yeah, get people new trails. It's a good, yeah, right good goal. Yeah, I know whenever I first started hearing about them in the area, like everybody was like, oh, man, these guys are putting on these group rides. And um, I was like, oh, okay, cool. They're really, and I, you know, some people had told me like, oh, you should give them a follow, check them out. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, people tell me to follow stuff all the time, you know? Yeah, and yeah. then um i was out in auburn and and uh like just doing a ride and all of a sudden there's this group of like 60 dudes roll up and i'm like what's going on and it was like oh this is mtb norcal i was like wow these guys are like they're not they're not messing around dude like this is like legit freaking groups here man yeah yeah i mean that just shows from their passion they they care about everybody and uh when you get a bunch of good like hearted people together and they just want to go have fun and ride together um, yeah, that's a cool group. Like you're gonna yeah. have a good time, regardless of skill level or whatever. Yeah, I was just gonna say that the personality is great too because it's like uh, you don't have to worry about like they're they're not dropping anyone. And if you're this no, slow no, guy, yeah. like somebody's you, you like, yeah, dude, I'll ride with you. Take out a tube and say, hey, dude, we're gonna fix this. Like we're not just gonna leave you stranded on the trail. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, dirt days was their event that they put on. I can't remember. I had them on the, the podcast and I can't remember if it was before or after dirt days. I think it might've been before. Mm. So that event was basically like just a big kind of group ride, a bunch of group rides, some clinics, and then they had a bunch of vendors up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had a bunch of, um, companies that gave people some rental bikes or some demo bikes and, uh, yeah. Group rides has just like our first real event since Sea Otter was canceled, since Sedona, you know. So it was like the first real uh, event yeah. that we had since COVID, kind of. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was. So people were like 
itching to get out and like do something. We were, yeah, everyone was so stoked just to be there. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, because I remember like right before everybody was kind of like, well, what's going on with COVID? Are we still going to be able to do this? And it was like, it's outside. So, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it went that went really well. I remember having I had a really good time that day as well. It was, it was definitely fun. So they're planning on doing that again this year, right? Yeah, I hope so. Um, uh, we still got to talk, you know, I'm sure there's more details to work out and um, got to see exactly what's going on with the wheelhouse. Um, not oh, that sure. sold, I heard, or like went out of business. Yeah, I'm not too sure on the story. So I don't want to yeah. talk about it if I don't know. But um, yeah, we're going to yeah. hope to have it again for sure. Yeah, I hear you there. Well, if nobody owns it, I mean, it seems like the parking lot's fair game to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just everybody show up. We'll still have fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, everything's going to be all right, man. <laughs> so, um, so. Then, as far as the race season go goes for next year, when does that start? Um, I still got to look at it. You yeah. know, I, I've been like in race mode all year now. So uh -huh. to go to Sedona with you guys to just hang out and ride bikes again is like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's time to chill. Not but, thinking um, about it just yet. Probably come like January when uh, it's time to sign up. I'm gonna be mm -hmm. signing up within like the first five minutes. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, then the races sell out very fast. Oh, so, okay. So how does that work? Then you have to like pay for all the rate. Like, what do you have to pay? I don't know how much. I, I mean, each race is probably like a hundred and fifty, mm -hmm. give or take. Maybe some less, some more. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's wow, expense and travel, and um, and yeah, so you just huh. have to plan ahead of time and and be really prepared for it so that. You do they charge you at each, each race or do they charge you like all up front? Uh, each race. So each oh, okay. race opens up at different times. Well, that's um, you cool, don't just man. get to sign up for the whole season. But, oh, I um, see. That gives everybody a fair shot to like schedule like when they're going to mm -hmm. sign up for each race. Yeah. Uh huh. Interesting. So, but you definitely, so do you think you're going to, you're going to stick with the same bike or you're, you, you think you learn any lessons there? That's a good question. Um, I could probably do the full race season with a little bit less travel. Uh -huh. uh, 170, 166 is quite a bit. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, this is my only bike. I, I don't have sponsorships. This is what I paid for. And I only bought it because lifetime warranty. I don't ever want to have to buy a bike again. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's just my bike. I mean, it, it'd be nice to have a shorter travel bike or something for like Ashland or for Auburn or for uh, Sea Otter. Mm -hmm. um, but then I think about North Star and I think about Shasta and well, maybe not Shasta, but China Peak and then Georgetown. So mm -hmm. those are going to be big travel days. You want a nice comfy bike to take care of all your mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm supposed to be going to Georgetown on Sunday. Oh, really? Already? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm kind of stoked about that. I'm a little bit nervous just because my knee is not 100% back oh, together yeah, yet too. you so, know you need some better knee pads right yeah i definitely bought some new ones after that that tumble in arizona those so. things sliced like a banana peel it was it was scary i looked at them later and after like kind of looking at the pads and then the other like bruising and cuts that came out you know like a day later like you realize yeah i think what happened is i hit something mid shin like 
really freaking hard because it ripped the the through the pad and mm -hmm. and I had some bruise had some bruising around that. So I think when that hit, the pad like probably kept me from like breaking my leg or you know shattering it or something. You know, like really yeah. bad. Yeah. And um and when that happened, then that the pad was stuck, you know, to that rock, let's just say. And as I rolled, then it pulled my pad down. So then the next thing, the next point of contact that I hit with my knee, then the pad yeah. was pull, pulled away. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then that's why it cut my knee the way that it did. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think on one hand, like I could say that the, the pad didn't do its job, but I think that it did do its job. It just didn't do all of its job. Yeah. You know? You're not going to keep wearing those ones, though. Those are toast, probably. You know, I honestly, I think I'll sew them and I'll use them for um, just a soft less rocky yeah. stuff, you know, because um, they're still really good mm -hmm. pads. Like they breathe really well. They they're, you know, they they do their job if you're, you know, keeping yourself from skinning your your taking your skin off or whatever, you know, and I think I bought a set of the uh, seven IDP Sam Hill pads. And, um, yeah, they definitely, I feel like if I was wearing those pads that day that I wouldn't have the injury that, that I have now, um, they definitely have like way better padding all around everything. And they're like so much more snug. So like if I hit something the way that I did there, they wouldn't move as much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and they still pedal pretty well. I'm actually really surprised with them. Like when I first picked them up, I didn't think I was going to like them. And then I, I tried on like four different pads at the shop there in, in Sedona. And, um, those ones actually like, despite how they felt in my hand, when I put them on, they felt really good. And, um, I've been riding with them, you know, since then. And so far they seem to be all right. I do like. I put a lot, uh, I write a lot, you know, um, sometimes six, seven days a week, you, you know, and, uh, when you ride that much, you will start to notice like hot spots from like riding too much. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So like, if you like just wore those pads for like, like most normal people that ride, like maybe one weekday ride and one weekend ride or something like that you would never get those hot spots, but where when you wear them five, six, seven days in a row, like you start getting some like, Oh, there's a little rub, like right on the top of my kneecap, or there's a little rub in the bottom of your shin or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that comes up quicker for sure. Yeah. So I'm curious to see like when I'm riding with them that much, like how, like how they handle that, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, you have to let me know. I've heard good things about them. Yeah, I've been really, really impressed with them so far. So the thing is right now, though, is like with my knee, I feel like I might have to just not ride for like a week because I, what I've been like, so people understand what I'm talking about. Like basically I sliced my knee to the point I should have got a couple of stitches that night. But instead, um, we sat around the parking lot and drank a bunch of beer and then, <laughs> just taped it together with some butterfly stitches and thought it was going to be fine. And then the next day I got up and got a shower and was like looking at it in the shower and was like, yeah, this is pretty bad. This definitely needs some stitches. So I'm going to go to urgent care. So I went to urgent care and they were like, 
Um, you waited too long. So it is what it is. You're just going to get a badass scar at this point. So, um, so Memory. with all that being said, what's happening is whenever I ride, you know, because you're bending your knee so much and then there's like, I'm putting a bandage on it, but the knee pad is still rubbing the bandage. The bandage is still rubbing the, the cut, you know, and it just yeah, seems like it keeps like, opening it. Yeah. It just seems like it keeps opening it up and I feel like it's just not going to heal unless I actually just don't ride for like a week and let it like heal. We'll see how successful I am at that. Um, I mean, I just thought we've been sitting here on this podcast, made plans with apparently an MTV NorCal to ride with them tomorrow. And I already told you I'm riding on Sunday in Georgetown. So it's apparently I'm not doing a good job of it yet. Sure. You know, the first time I rode uh, Georgetown was with MTV NorCal. Uh, yeah. Don actually got me out there and I wouldn't have been riding there if it wasn't for him. So I've already been seeing the comments kind of coming in from people that are looking up like where uh, Georgetown is because they're like, oh, this is going to be on the CES next year. Good, good looks, uh -huh. like good video. And uh, yeah. it was with those guys that I was riding. And then uh, Jake Keller, I think, was out in front just shredding the whole place up, making it look like it's simple as can be. But um, it was yeah. gnarly for sure. That There's some big, cool. like, big chunk there like um some spots where it's just a lot of like big boulders baby head size boulders yeah where you're yeah, just like just, you're going 30 miles an hour and there's like they're moving in the trail just like yeah yeah you don't see them because you're you're just ripping too but right yeah yeah it's definitely um it's fun up there it's definitely fun but you you have to you you definitely have to be there with your a game and when you're following somebody it's you know yeah, you're hoping they're you're, taking the right lines. Yeah, you're putting a lot of trust in them. The last time I rode was, it was pretty dry and dusty. So this time mm -hmm. of year, when I've ridden this time of year up there, it's usually really fun just because you don't have all that dust to deal with, you know? And yeah, you can see, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then, then you know, it's some places it gets sloppy then. So then it's like you're dealing with that instead of your tires just like slipping all over the place because it's like muddy or whatever, you know? Speaking of tires, what do you run on your bike? Um, let's see. Right now, actually, because of Jordan from Specialized, I have an Eliminator on my rear, which mm -hmm. typically I, I run a Maxxis DHR2. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always like a gravity casing guy. So um, the Eliminator has been pretty good. It's kind of what I would almost consider like a smaller tread version of an Asagaya. And the mm -hmm. Asagaya is the tire that I run up front, which is the best yeah. tire I've ever had. It yeah. can literally just grip in any direction. And, yeah. Um, I like to have the, the, the rear tire slide a little bit. I have run Asagai front and rear. Actually, at Georgetown, I did that. But um, it grips a lot. So if one's going to go before the, the other, it's probably going to be the front. So I like to have the rear slip a little bit or just give a little bit more before the front wheel because your front's mm -hmm. like your tractor. You want yeah. to grip all day. Yeah, I just did a 90-second review on the the uh, Asagai, and um, I like that tire, too. I, I feel yeah. like it's just, um, it's yeah, like it's, they took the DHF, and they were like, how can we make this better? And then they So what it is, yeah, it's like a DHF, it's a shorty, it's a uh, DHR2, and it's a high roller. I yeah. think it's like a bunch of different tires combined into one. Yeah. Um, it's pretty sick what they did that. Yeah, I like the aggressor on the backside, though. 
you like the aggressor? I I've, I haven't really had the uh, the chance to try the two together. Do they work? Yeah. Together? Yeah, I feel like it rolls really well, and um, I don't know for whatever reason that's what I, that's been my like go to tire combination is Asagai aggressor on the um, on my tall boy right or I had a DHF DHR and um that was just because you know like right now with covid it's like you go to the shop and sometimes yes. you just get, get so hard get, to find right? a good tire now yeah yeah i've definitely um for the first time in my life i have tires hanging on the wall right now like that are you know there for for whenever i blow something you just know just an emergency yeah yeah because like i never did that before but now it's like you walk into a shop and you're like oh like for instance, I have this uh, Minion SS. I don't know if you've ever used that tire. It's super fun. Yeah. But I walked into a, a shop and when I was in Arizona in Phoenix at Spartan Rides, and they had the Minion SS 29er in the downhill casing, and I was like, "Dude, I I'm a Maxxis ambassador. I can't even order it from the Maxxis site, you know." Yeah, and, and so I was like, "I'm buying this right yeah. now," you know, like. Um, and then same thing goes like when I I, uh, I cut a tire in um, in Sedona. I walked into the shop and it's like every tire that they had they had a, fortunately they had the tire the tread pattern that I wanted, but they didn't have the compounds that I wanted. So everything that they had in there was EXO and that was it. I was yeah. like, how are you in this like super rocky place with cactus and all this other stuff and not have EXO plus or downhill casing and and i was kind of like bitching about it to my buddies and my buddies were like dude people just bought all of those yeah like, seriously <laughs> the only reason they have the exo is because that's all that's left <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's just what didn't sell right yeah yeah i was like okay well that makes sense but i'm still angry <laughs> so yeah so i have a dhf on that bike up front and then uh aggressor on the back but i'm expecting nice. the aggressor on the back not to last very long just because it's only EXO and I mean, you, I, I took you out to the trail that I built and there's a lot of like really sharp rocks out there. Oh, so yeah. that those, those trails in that area really um, cut tires quickly. So I'm expecting <laughs> to like have to walk this bike out sooner or later with that <laughs> tire. Yeah. yeah so um. I've heard a lot of people though talking about those specialized tires lately. A couple of my friends are like they they jump ship from Maxxis to it. Yeah, it's surprising. Um, I I'm not typically like a specialized fan at all. Yeah, um, I've just catered to my Maxxis tires and I've tried them in the past, but um, they're a lot better now than they've ever yeah. been before. Um, I haven't had any issues with this on the back. And yeah. It's an eliminator. It's got like 2.3 tread, but it's a uh, gravity casing and um, 26 PSI and no inserts. I don't, you know, have any issues yet. And we just rode some gnarly stuff in, you know, Phoenix and Sedona. Mm -hmm. So they definitely held their own. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you said 2.3 is what you're running. Yeah, 2.3 in the back. Sometimes, like typically I'm on a 2.4, but uh -huh. um, I won't go over 2.5 in the rear really yeah hmm. that's too that's too much for me like the tires get bubbly and, yeah um, unless it's got like a really thick casing then they start to feel balloony and they just start to fold really easily and i don't uh -huh. like my tires to feel like water balloons they yeah. have to be pretty firm what um 
What's what size are your rims? Uh, they're just the reserves, the thirties. So the thirties, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you had a if you had the wider rim, then it probably wouldn't. You probably wouldn't feel that as much. Totally. Right? Yeah, I think that's the yeah. other thing is I've probably just tried bigger tires on too small of a rim. So yeah, yeah. I also run Cushcore, but I don't really run Cushcore for the like rim protection aspect. I run it for the, the, the sidewall different Yeah, I guess yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Especially a guy my size, like I feel like if you're over 200 pounds, you should be using Cushcore like front and back no matter what. Um and every time I have talked myself into trying it again, you know, I'm like, "Oh, well, like I got the the MVs, the 735s and they were like, oh, you don't need cush core because we have this rim stri- strip, but that's like really just about rim protection. I was like, you know what? I'll ride it for a while and see how I feel. And yeah, it's just like I miss that, like that stiffness of the tire. I'm sure it's probably the same way it feels like to you on your like DH casing where like you weigh a lot less, you know? <laughs> so yeah, definitely. It's yeah, it, it's a. Uh... It's something that I can't go back to now that I've had thicker casings. I can't go back to the thinner casings. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what I've been mind? noticing is I'm using like, I'm tending to use the DH casing on the, on the back tire. Yeah. And then like just EXO plus on the front tire. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much my setup right now. If I need a DD, I'll put it on the front, but um, I can get away with XO plus on the front for the most part. Yeah. Um, hey, real quick side note. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sorry to do this, everyone, but can I just run to the restroom real quick? Yeah, you got to do 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 your thing, man. It's no problem. All right, I, guess. I can I can chat for a few minutes, no problem. <laughs> Cheers. So, anyways, we're getting close to the end of the show, anyways. And um, what I'll do is, while you guys are stuck here being my captive audience, I would really like you to tell some of your friends about my 90 second reviews that I'm doing on the Biker Channel. I keep getting people tell me all the time that they really love the format and that it's a lot of fun to watch. And if you haven't seen them, go check them out. Basically, I have a product. I start out the the video with, you know, this is the product and I'm doing the review. And then I start a timer for 90 seconds and I tell you how I feel about it. And the reason that I did that was that I started thinking about like reviews. I don't really like doing review videos. And I thought, you know, if I'm sitting on the side of the trail and one of my buddies like asked me like, Hey, do you like those pedals? I don't talk to him about those pedals for 15 minutes. Like you would see some like other review video, like let's talk about these pedals for 15. No, dude, I tell like my buddy, like, Hey, I like this. I like this. I like this. And this part sucks. And then that's kind of like what they make, you know, then they can make their mind up on it. So that's basically where the 90 second review came from was just try to tell people quickly, like you would on the side of the trail, like how you feel about something. And I've really noticed that, man, it's hard sometimes just to get 90 seconds, like, and only 90 seconds when you're trying to explain something like, well, you really have to think about it. Have you watched the 90 second reviews? Yeah, man, I think it's good. It's a good skill. It like gets you to to quickly come up with everything that matters, and um, and you're not just dragging on and on and on about it. Yeah, and I hate watching those. Like, like whenever I'm looking for a review, and you like find one that's like labeled exactly like you know, like I'm looking for a 2019 Giant Trance XL, you know, or whatever, you know, like 
version and you go to watch the review and it's like 10 minutes of them telling you to like follow their Instagram and who their sponsor is and <laughs> blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know what I mean? You're like, Oh my God, where's the freaking review? And yeah, you're like skipping like, around. Like, like, let's get to the point here. Like, yeah. And so, yeah. So that's the reason that, that I decided to do those. It's just like, yeah, let's make it like quick and to the point. So what I was asking people, I'll ask you too, yeah, is yeah. if you see, see one, that you enjoy, like hit that share button and actually like share it with people because that will get um, other people interested in the channel. And I think sometimes, you know, people associate a, a channel with just like certain content sometimes, you know, and when people change things, they're like, they're not expecting it anymore, you know? So they're like, oh, well, he does these like POV videos and cusses all the time. I don't want to watch that. It's <laughs> like, well, this is not that. So <laughs> maybe you'll like this one. So how's your channel doing all, the, all together at this point? Where, do you, where are you at? Um, well, it's just my channel. Um, yeah. I, I post when I want to. Uh -huh. um, nobody tells me what to do or when I have to post. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, it's kind of nice that way. I mean, I don't have a Patreon. I don't have people supporting me. Um, oh, I thought you did. I put the little Patreon icon up there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I have a Patreon, but nobody supports me. And I <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go support you, man. I honestly wouldn't put anything on it because I'm putting all my energy and time into to YouTube. And uh -huh. I feel like, um, yeah, if, if what I'm doing is cool and people like it, that's that's good enough, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. I, I don't try to, I'm not trying to make this my living. Um, uh -huh. That's necessarily my goal. Um, it'd be cool if I can use this to um, to connect to more people and to, to be a tool. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't have any ex expectations for the channel other than just I want to do the best I can and keep improving it. Mm -hmm. And um, whether it's my editing that I'm learning or my thumbnails, like Paul just said in the in the chat, yeah, um, I'll redo it a hundred times and I don't care. Um, I'm just trying to get better at my own craft. And, yeah. Um, whatever I can give people is what I can give, and hopefully they like it. If not, then that's cool. I think you should go back to your Enduro series and change the font on all those thumbnails. I know you guys don't like my my cursive font. font. No, I don't like the font. I don't like. Well, I told you that in the past if too. If you really cared about anything I had to say or put out, you'd look really <laughs> closely and you'd read what I just wrote there. I can't even read that font. I don't even know what it's saying. Look harder. <laughs> look harder. Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. I'd it's probably, really cool, man. Yeah, I, I'm gonna get better at it, and I'm just gonna keep improving. You guys are giving me a lot of good advice, so I appreciate. Dude, it. I'm not the. Um, I'm definitely not the thumbnail master. I feel like, <laughs> um, like BCPOV's got the thumbnails down. Like I, I apparently am not doing something right with mine because that thumbnail is like your pickup line, you know. And um, if I don't have a lot of people pick like clicking on the video. I'm blaming the thumbnail, you know? Yeah. I just or want to look it's a shitty me. video people don't want like, to see. Like In the future, am I going to want to watch my video based on my thumbnail? Yeah. Probably not. I don't know. Yeah. When I go back and look at my old old ones, I had to like get, you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, I'm not going back and changing this anymore. You know? Otherwise, you're like, just like compounding the amount of work that you have to do every time that you like learn something. Yeah. So at a certain point, you're just like, well, those old ones are just going to stay the way they are. Yeah. Apparently, but, like my well thought out thumbnails, you know, weren't simple and easy enough. Yeah. So, yeah, it's funny. It's like what you think 
what you think is going to work out may not be uh, what the general public's looking for. Like they just want to hit a click, a quick little, oh, look at this drop over here button, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's a lot simpler yeah. than some people make it out to be. I think it really less is more is like really the key. So that's the thing that um, at least I notice whenever a lot of people are new to YouTube, they have like a lot of information on their thumbnail. Yeah. Like so much that of it also whenever it's small, like on mobile or like even on your computer, like it might be on that little like sidebar window on the side and you can't read all that little crap. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you really all you see yeah. is the big arrow and the picture. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, like I try to keep it like personally, like as little information on there as possible that just enough to like get people maybe intrigued or have an idea of what, what it is that you're doing, you know, like, yeah. So, but it's yeah, definitely it's an art form, you know, I know it's just got to look good to me. That's all I can. Yeah. Say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's true, man. I mean, at the end of the day, as long as you're happy with whatever you're doing, that's all that matters. Right. Cause there's still some guys that are, you know, like yeah. super successful that give me advice. I'm like, I don't give a fuck, dude. I'm doing this. Yeah, and then I, I have <laughs> friends too that like they go out and they film and they record and they don't like their voice, they don't like what was said, or they don't, they just don't want to deal with it. They're like, oh, it's just too much, too much information. Like I, I don't know how you could put together a whole video. It's it takes yeah. way too much time. But yeah, less is more, and keep it simple. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now that you're not filming racing, what do you think you're going to be filming? What's you got? Uh, I want to do like more product reviews, more bike reviews. If I can get my hands on a few bikes, um, mm -hmm. that's kind of where my channel does well is like the more that I can test things and compare things. Um, I just, I feel like that's where I need to keep going. Um, mm -hmm. cause I like to dissect everything and really yeah. pick apart the differences. I'm, I'm yeah. Um, if and you were to get Huh? trails too so just yeah. new trails or like uh, maybe trail building like if there's some days where uh, a group wants to organize a, a dig day it'd be fun mm -hmm. to film stuff like that to show the public like how this stuff happens behind the scenes yeah so that kind of stuff interests me yeah 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 it's definitely interesting i'm uh hoping that some stuff that i'm working on kind of pans out here soon and then uh then we'll have some stuff we can film so have to keep it on the wraps for now though <laughs> top secret yeah yeah just a little teaser here and there that'll just keep people going so but so if you were to buy another bike that's different than the one that you have right now what do you think you would buy shoot that's a tough question um well my my number one thing when i look at bikes is do they pedal well and do they go downhill well mm -hmm. and to like what degrees more or less and um, my bike has to be balanced it has to at least pedal uphill as well as you know um, most trail bikes uh, even if it's an enduro bike i want it to still feel like it's not just a, a sled and mm -hmm. then um, it has to be nimble and playful um, and not just a, a sled on the downhill too so i don't want a downhill bike but i want my bike to still feel maneuverable and fun so like what I'm so what I'm thinking is like, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. If I was to pick a brand or something, per se, or or what are you getting at? I was thinking more like like a type of bike, and then maybe we could talk about the brand. But like, like for yeah. example, 
when I had the the Bronson, I was like, I want a short travel 29er. And then it was so I like, guess, yeah, let's yeah, let's just go off of that. So I have my mega tower. Right. It's my super enduro bike, you know. Right. Um, unless I was gonna replace that, which I'm probably not going to at the moment. Um, I would be looking for like a 120, 130 ripper, like a tall boy. Um, yeah. or like a, a little stump jumper, something super sprightly fun yeah. energetic fast and yeah and still has enduro geometry so when i go from my enduro bike i'm jumping on a bike that feels like my enduro bike but just a little yeah. bit less travel i don't want my bikes to feel like a hardtail and a downhill bike you know right. i want it to be like somewhat similar so that i'm not having to readjust and recalibrate my style of riding so that i can kind of just hop from bike to bike yeah it took me some time to get used to riding the tall boy and the bronson um just because of the wheel size um it really like was hard for me at first like it took my brain a little bit to like be able to understand like how to ride both of them like like i guess to give you a good example like when i first started like hitting jumps on the tall boy my timing was off all the time and it was like i just didn't know how to like time that bike and like how to put it in the air because it was different. I, I really attributed to the wheel size, like how it rolled up on things. Mm -hmm. Like it just like, like my mental like note of, Hey, you have to pump right now. Or, you know what I mean? Like it was just off by like a hair and it took yeah, a couple it's a of big difference. I, I'd say going from 27, five to 29. Yeah. Um, and then that's the thing too, is if I did get another bike, it would be a 29er. Yeah. Cause I wouldn't want to have, a whole different feel of a 27.5 bike. Yeah. You know what I mean? But now that I'm used to it, because it took me yeah. a while to get used to a 29er. Like it wasn't just yeah. like, cool, dude, I'm going to shred this 29er. It was, yeah. this thing's a boat. This thing's hard to turn. It's hard to yeah. manage. And then you get stronger as a rider and you start realizing like where it does have traction and then maybe yeah. it's better or you find that you're better in this situation. So you just yeah. adapt. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back because I'd want to keep my, my feelings as, as close to similar um, yeah. on both bikes as, that I could. Yeah. My, my one buddy just went and got a 29er and he like did exactly what you said a second ago. He was like, just ripped it right away. And I was like, it doesn't, didn't bought, like you didn't have any problems. He's like, nah, man, it's freaking awesome. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, I did not have that. But now that I've been riding them both for a while, like, like my brain, like has the muscle memory for each bike. Yeah, and I yeah. knew like when I got the tall boy that that would happen because it, the same process happened when I got my chameleon because it was like so different. And now it's just yeah. like when I get on the, the, the Bronson, I'm like, man, this thing is freaking playful. It's like so fun. And then when I'm on the tall boy, it's like my brain knows like how to, how, like what to expect yeah. there, you know? Yeah, totally. Those are two good bikes to have, man. You have the best yeah. of both worlds. I'll tell you that Cascade Link on the the Tall Boy mm -hmm. changed that bike like drastically. Yeah, don't you run Cascade on your? Yeah, it did on the Mega Tower too. It it used to feel um, closer to the High Tower. The the Mega uh -huh. Tower did with the stock link. Now mm -hmm. I have the Cascade Link, and it feels much more like a Nomad. Mm -hmm. I guess it just feels deeper and more bottomless. Like when I can still hit the bottom. And I don't feel a frame hitting. I just, yeah, that's the bottom of the travel and it, it just feels endless to me. Um, and yeah. the square edge hits are not as harsh. It doesn't feel yeah. like it's um, 
trying to take all the little um, bumps, it's it rounds them out a little bit and really smooths the ride a bit. So yeah, it's been yeah, good. I was really really surprised when I got it. Like it just blew my mind. Like I didn't yeah, expect it to be that good. You have to try it. Too. I mean, if they're all going to be different on each bike too. Not every Cascade Link is the same. But, right. Um, yeah, you just have to give it a try to really know for yourself, like what it's going to do or not. Yeah, I was definitely like overly impressed i when i got it i really wasn't expecting it to to make as much of a change that it did you know like sometimes yeah. people are like oh i bought these new carbon bars like like the one up when i bought the one up bars all these people online were like oh man they're the best thing it's like so comfortable now like i put these on all my bikes they're just so great you know like they, they freaking wake wake up and make breakfast for you like they're so good you know and like I put a bars on. I'm like, no, they're freaking handlebars. I can't tell a difference between the last ones and this at all. You know, like, but yeah. that cascade link, like, it was like, wow, like, wow, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, we're we're wrapping up, man. We're here, like, hitting two hours. If you've um, watched the biker bar in the past, I always like to ask people what YouTube channels they watch. Regardless yeah. of if it's like mountain biking or golf or whatever it is, bas underwater uh, basket weaving. Like, what what channels do you I, like to watch? Yeah, well, I can tell you, it's not golf. <laughs> um, yeah, I I like watching. Um, I like watching a lot of the bike review stuff, like what Beta does. Um, mm -hmm. I think they do a good job. Um, obviously, BKXC man, like. He, mm -hmm. he was kind of like my Tiger Woods. Like, I just looked up to the dude and said, mm -hmm. hey, dude, if he can do it, maybe I can do it. And yeah. um, let's see. Uh, who else is good? The Mahalama dudes. They're just, like, yeah. fun and entertaining to watch. Um, yeah. I watch your channel, man. I watch um, Colorado Kids channel. I watch, yeah. you know, all my friends' stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I just subscribed to Unprofessional Kyle. Probably because we're gonna <laughs> see some footage coming out from Sedona that's gonna be awesome. Uh, and then I don't know. I mean, I I like people like uh, gosh uh, that are just super honest. Like Aaron Gwynn, he mm -hmm. does some reviews and stuff on like how he sets up his cockpit. And mm -hmm. this guy is dialed. Like if you move his one millimeter one way or another, his grip is gonna change the position of his hands. He's not gonna be able to corner the same dude. He's just like me. Like. I swear to God, I, I have to have everything like to the T lined up like the way I like it. And um, so I don't know all the geeky nerd stuff. Yeah, um, there's some channels out there that um, I, I appreciate, like uh, Aaron's for sure. I'll have to uh, check his out. I don't think I've ever watched any of his content. Yeah, it's good. Um, was it yeah, him that so recently like there was somebody that I was watching. It was like one of those pro guys that like rode his old like 90s bike down this trail versus his like current bike to see like how close the times were. Oh yeah, that was Steve Peep, yeah. Is that yeah, who that was? was? Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was from Santa Cruz's like uh, YouTube channel or not, but I watched that too, that was amazing. And that kind of goes to show, I want to conclude kind of this just with my own golf experience. I can take a $300, you know, titanium driver or i can take an old wooden driver and i can take a modern pro v1 golf ball and hit them relatively 
you know, within 10, 15 yards of the same distance and yeah. just as straight, just as well. And I think what it comes down to, like with that experiment with um, Steve Pete and the two Santa Cruz bicycles, is -hmm. that it comes down to the rider. And if um, you really want to see a difference in performance, it's going to come from you before it comes from the equipment. And that kind of goes against what I'm saying, because I love to test the equipment and say, oh, it's the equipment or it's this. Yeah. But really, all that stuff just kind of helps you as the rider. So um, it always comes back to you. That's, that's why I have the slogan on the biker channel. It only takes a bike to be a biker. Get out and be one. Like really, <laughs> like, like that's really part of it. Cause like, yeah, you're, it, you're that's the all it takes. One, you're the number one equation. Like, yeah. 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 That's it, man. Well, Hey dude, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with me tonight, dude. Dude, it was, was awesome. Fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. Hopefully you can get some, some more subscribers. You'll be YouTube famous tomorrow. You wake up freaking dump truck load of money. Just pouring. <laughs> <in the driveway. laughs> do it, you. Right. So those of you guys that hung around here to the end, I really appreciate all of you as well. Once again, please go by my Instagram. If you like this or give me a follow there. If you like this, give it a thumbs up. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. If you're doing some kind of download from the podcast hit the subscribe button on that or whatever they got the follow the that that way every time there's a new episode boom just shows up on your phone next thing you know you're driving down the road you're listening to me and jay talk about whatever we talked about for the last two hours but i would really appreciate that just give me the follow and all the places that you can follow me that would be awesome and um i really really appreciate all you guys out there that wrote the reviews um keep them coming we'll keep making this thing grow and and next thing you know, maybe I'll I'll have a YouTube dump truck out in my front yard. That would be great. So then you guys can stop listening to me like whine about whatever. <laughs> I really, really had a good time tonight. And I want everybody to know that it only takes a bike to be a biker. So get out and be one. <laughs>